Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And as we round out the program today, obviously there's been a, a lot of chatter and clamor about uh, what happened in Wyoming and that primary election versus what happened up in Alaska with Senator Murkowski making it through to the November election there. Very different campaigns, very different focus. And I want to get to something that I think is a, a really interesting component to all of this. And that is, as we look at our politics, for decades now, the the basis of politics has been on relationships. And so Democrats in Washington have had deep ties, relationships with one another across the Democratic perspective from very liberal to more moderate. You also have those relationships between a, a host of different special interest groups. And the same has been true on the right. And it's been about those relationships. And the relationship often was defined by what is your party affiliation. There used to be some cachet in being a card-carrying Democrat or a card-carrying Republican because you had a relationship uh, either with a, uh, a host of politicians or the party itself uh, or those in your community that were like-minded. And so it was very relationship-driven. As some of you will remember back in 2016, I described then-candidate Donald Trump as being someone who is really without relationships, that he is purely transactional. And we watched that play through during his presidency. And what I mean by transaction is the President Trump had no relationships. They were all transactions. So, for example, I think one of the big mistakes that many Republicans in Washington made during the Trump administration was they believed they had a relationship with President Trump because they were of the same political party. And many found out that they really didn't have a relationship. What they had was a transaction. And that is why on some days you would see then-President Donald Trump and then Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, arm in arm, celebrating a win, talking about unity. And then later that afternoon, you would see President Trump firing shots across the bow of Mitch McConnell, calling him someone who didn't get it or didn't understand or who was weak. And that caused a lot of people to have their heads spin. But what you have to recognize is that everything was transactional for President Trump. And so if the deal made sense, if you were on the same page for that particular piece of legislation or that particular goal, then you're in. If you were on opposite sides of the next issue, you were out. But it was all transactional. Now, here's the interesting twist. I actually think that one of the things that might be a positive legacy from the Trump administration is a moment where the American people 
can stop and look at their politics as transactional rather than a relation. So rather than being wedded forever and ever to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, Americans now have an opportunity to say, well, wait a minute. I don't have to buy into everything in either of those parties. I can have a series of transactions. And so if I see a piece of policy that I think is good, say on climate or on immigration or whatever it may be, and that happens to come from the Democrats or from the Republicans, doesn't matter. I can have a transaction about that policy. I can also decide how I cast my vote in an election based on a series of transactions. And I can do the math and do the ledger and say, well, politician A, on these four issues, I like the way they voted. I like the way they voiced their opinion. I like the way they represented me. On these three issues, not so much. And then you can prioritize and say which of all of those transactions was the most important. And you can weigh it out. And then you can make a decision. As opposed to everyone just going to their political corners and saying, well, you know, you're a lifelong Democrat or you're a lifelong Republican. Uh, and so you, you know, you can't let them or they, you can't let them win because they're evil. They're bad. You have that contempt for the other side of an issue. Rather than just looking at it as one more transaction in the body politic, one more transaction that we have in the community. Now, I think we need relationships in our communities and a host of other things. But when it comes to our politics, it's worth thinking about. Of What if we all took a little bit more transactional approach to how we evaluate a political candidate? Because one of the things that would cause us to recognize and realize is that most public officials, we agree with them on a whole lot of things, probably more than we think. And the things that we disagree with may not be as big a deal as we thought. Because we're basing it not just on the emotion, not just on their Twitter handle, not just on their social media posts, and then we stop rewarding that kind of behavior. Remember, if we're going to complain about the polarization in our politics, we got to quit rewarding bad behavior. But sometimes we allow bad behavior simply because we think they're our person. Yeah, she may be awful and horrible, but she's she's my awful horrible, so so it's okay. And we look the other way. Or, yeah, that's he's really inappropriate there. But you know what? He's he's with me on this, so so we're good. And so we have to start looking at it a little bit different as voters. To say, okay, what what is it that actually matters the most to us when it comes to those that we put into office? How do we want them to represent us? How do we want them uh, to raise our voice in meetings, in committees, in votes? And we get to choose that. But in saying that we get to choose that, we have to look at those transactions just a little bit differently and a little bit deeper, which also has to cause us to actually look in the mirror a little bit. And what are we putting out? And are we into the us versus them, good versus evil, anyone who's on the other side of 
X issue is awful and horrible and terrible and we need to get them out? Or can we have a more sophisticated, deeper dive assessment of, well, what is that exactly? And how does that actually impact me? Uh, And so it's an interesting thing as you look at uh, the former president, you look at what happened uh, up in Wyoming and the, the relationship decisions that were made there. Because think of it this way. If you were looking at transactions, Representative Cheney voted voted in favor of President Trump's agenda at a rate of nearly 96%. Based on those transactions, you would think she would have won re-election by 73%. So we've got to look at it just a little bit different. And I'm not sure how it all plays out. But looking at things with a little more transaction, just in terms of our politics, might get us to some better solutions. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.